0: Goodbye Dr. Jones. Indy. No, it's not Dr. Jones. This isn't Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is probably like Raiders of the the Found Harlan Highway podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm Harlan Williams. You are here. You found me. Um I found you, so let's do something about it. Let's do a podcast. This is the Harlan Highway. Thank you for being here, gang. What a treat. Um, and, uh, what a, what a show we have today, man. Um, I'm going to be talking about an old saying, there's an old catchphrase, an old saying that most of us throw around our whole lives. It has to do with women's breasts. So you might want to stick around for that. It's going to be a breast talk. Um, also, uh, I'm going to be talking about my encounter with something from outer space. And this is real. This is real, folks. I had a run-in with a spacecraft. Totally 100% real. It's freaky. It's fun. It was so cool. Uh, Am I lucky to be alive? Who knows? And then we're going to be taking – we're going to be visiting with Dr. Debbie Timer. We're going to be going to her show. She's our life coach here at the Harland Highway, and she's going to be taking calls from people out there on the real world, but for now, we're here in the fake world, on the Harland Highway!
1: Welcome to the Harland Highway.
0: All right, let's get this sucker going, huh? You're causing a major disturbance on my time. It's the Harland Highway.
1: What's up, bruh? If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? (laughs) I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing? You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. This is your fucking wake-up call, man. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harland Williams. In 30 seconds, you'll be dead. I'll blow this place up and be home in time for cornflakes.
0: All right, check this out. You hear that noise? Okay, I was at my house just like week and a half ago. I'm in my house. I still hear, start to hear the sky rumbling with this noise. I run outside on my front lawn. I look up almost right over my head. Two fighter jets. And then all of a sudden this. Boom! I couldn't believe it. I look up the the Endeavor Space Shuttle. Huh? Yeah, right in my neighborhood, right off, right off my front lawn. I mean, what am I in outer space? How often do you stand in your front lawn, look up, and the space shuttle goes by? This was crazy. This was it was, it was exciting. This was something so weird and out of the ordinary. I loved it. I want the space shuttle to go by my house every day. Um, so, you know, I'm sure you saw on the news, they retired the space shuttle, the Endeavor. And, uh, what they did is they, they piggybacked it on the back of one of NASA's big jumbo jets. They piggybacked it to LAX, which is the Los Angeles international airport. I don't know where the X comes from. Maybe because this town is like full of sex. So they're just like, ah, let's just call it LAX. Sounds like sex. Um, so, so they, they, they chuck the, uh, the space shuttle on the back of this 747. And by the way, just, can I say something? I don't have the exact weight, but I think the uh, space shuttle weighs approximately the same as like, you know, 50, uh, giant trucks full of hippopotamuses. Like this, this thing weighs like, you know, 2,800,000 pounds or something ridiculous. Okay. And here it is, just riding along on the back of another plane of a of a jumbo jet. Didn't look like it was having any problem. Just da 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 la da da. I'm piggybacking along like a like a kid at a parade when the, when the father throws their little kid up on their shoulders, and it's just like effortless. So that's what's going on here. We got a a, a space shuttle piggybacking on the back of a jumbo jet. And what I'm where I'm going with this is. Next time you're in a plane and you see, like, fat people getting on board and, and the plane's full to the gills, every seat is taken, and you you see them loading luggage into the underbelly of the plane, they're filling the wings up with gas, have no fear. I don't think you can put enough weight on a commercial airliner. I mean, if you can piggyback a jumbo jet, I mean, a a space shuttle on the back of a jumbo jet? The jumbo jet can still take off and land and fly around? If a commercial airliner can do that, I'm not worried about uh, Sally from uh, Cleveland having an extra bag in the overhead bin, you know what I mean? It's like, that is a lot of weight. So anyways this thing go i i'm out in my yard i hear the jets i go running out and here goes this this magnificent space shuttle this incredible feat of technology and aerodynamics and it's been up in outer space it's had astronauts it's it's docked with the space station who knows what else it's done right and it's really it's 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 it, it, its life consists of lifting off going straight up hitting orbit, rolling in midair, and getting higher into orbit, floating around in space, and then waiting for the weather to clear and coming back down. So this thing doesn't cover a lot of ground within the area that we can see. This thing doesn't fly around a lot in the lower atmosphere where we live and breathe, okay? Um it may circle wide to come in for a landing at its uh, perspective um, Air Force Base or whatever it is, but you don't see it uh, flying across America and around Australia. I mean, up up in space, of course, it's it's covering the whole globe, but down below here, you, you'd never see that unless you, you drove to the uh, launch site or the landing site, right? So all of a sudden here in uh, the middle of suburbia, you know, where the most excitement you ever really see is, is a news chopper going by. I look up and here's the space shuttle and and it's not that high. I mean, it's it's low. This thing is flying low. You can read the name on the side of it. I mean, it's low, man. And I'm like, wow. I didn't expect it to, to excite me that much. It was like a thrill. It was like spotting a real famous celebrity or something. And, and I actually saw a legitimate landing of the space shuttle from one of its missions back, uh, back. I think, uh, I don't know. I think it was in the, in the late 90s. I believe I saw a space shuttle come back from one of the missions and actually, you know, break the sound barrier and come in and land down in Florida. Incredible. But I got to tell you, even though I was there for that, I was closer to the space shuttle at this gosh darn uh, in my front yard than I ever was when I went to the legitimate landing site. I mean, this thing, this thing almost like uh, knocked my bird feeder over, man. It's incredible. So then uh, what, what was going on is they're retiring the Endeavor. It's landing at L.A. Sachs, Los Angeles International Airport. And they're going to transport it 12 miles from uh, LAX to the uh, museum in Los Angeles. So it's going to have a permanent home there. And in order to do that, they have to put the space shuttle on the back of a truck or, or have someone with a Razor scooter pull it or get one of those guys from the strongest man in the world competition, put a rope around it and pull it. So this thing's got to go 12 miles from L.A. Sex over to the museum. And, uh, I mean, this is a big aircraft. This is a space shuttle, right? So it turns out now they have to cut down a bunch of trees to clear the way for to make room for the space shuttle. And when I say a bunch of trees, I'm talking almost 700 trees, 800 trees. I mean, they basically had to clear, like, a forest, and uh, you know, here's these trees that have been kicking along forever. They're thinking, "Ah, oh, what's the worst that could happen? Some drunk driver hits me. Billy Joel hits me. I get hit by lightning. What are the odds? I'm I'm here forever. I'm an L.A. tree, man. L.A. tree. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, hey, uh, dude, did you hear we're getting cut down? No way, man. Why? Uh, spaceship's coming. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, dude, but isn't space way up there above us? Yeah, but, dude, there's a spaceship coming. It's driving right down this street. Oh, bummer, dude. I never did like this street. Should have been over on Oak Street. Yeah, but you're a beach nut. Who cares, man? It's a melting pot here in L.A. So uh, a lot of the uh, tree huggers and the environmentalists got all up in arms, and yeah you know, I can see it that's a lot of trees. It's not like cutting down a hedge or a couple of trees. like you're talking eight hundred trees. I can see an environmentalist being upset. You know it bothers me that these trees had to be cut down, but you got to rationalize right you, you don't look at things in the moment. you look at the uh the the far-reaching ramifications of this. And I think a lot of people don't do that in life these days. Look at the far-reaching ramifications. Okay, A the shuttle's retired. We're never going back to the shuttlecraft, okay? This is a piece of aeronautical human space exploration history. Like this is this is a win-win-win. This is a tourist attraction. This is a this is a get right here, okay? For any museum to lay claim that they have an official space shuttle inside their walls, huge. And not only that, but just that it's somewhere safe, it's preserved for future generations to look at, to touch, to feel. I mean, that's a big thing. That's what you call a -a once-in-a-lifetimer right there, okay? Trees, even though for a tree to mature, it could take 30, 40, 50, 60 years a tree will grow back, or if needs be, you could plant a more mature tree uh, wherever you wanted to. So instead of getting your, uh, you know, your uh, lumberjack shorts all in a twist, think about the balance here. You uh, you have a piece of uh, modern apparatus that affected the course of humanity versus some trees that unfortunately had to be cut down, but they will grow back or they will be put back. Okay? It's not like we slaughtered a species. It wasn't like uh, when they, when they wiped out the, uh, the wild buffaloes of the Great Plains. There's the last one. Kill it. <laughs> Gone forever, right? It's not like when they smashed the last dodo bird on the head and the thing went into extinction. These are trees. There's trillions... Kazillions of trees; they will grow back, and uh, and uh, this this piece of history is preserved forever. So, an exciting day for me, and uh, just to be a little cocky, I am going to boast about it once more. Listen, listen to my attitude. Uh, hey man. Um, so uh, I had a space shuttle like fly over my backyard. Um, like, what the hell do you have? Oh, really? You saw a crow? Oh, yeah, I guess there's always that. (laughs) Ha, 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 bragging rights!
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Debbie Timer, and I'm your life coach. I am my baby's mother's sister's daughter, and it's time to get a life, your life. Hi, I'm Dr. Debbie Timer. Welcome to our show. We're going out all over the country live, and we're going to be talking to people just like you with their problems, with the challenges that face them every day in their lives. Uh, So let's go right away over to the East Coast. And it sounds like we're going to Baltimore. And we have... It sounds like we have Sarah on the line. Sarah, how are you? Oh, hi, hi, Dr. Debbie. I'm doing really, really well. And it's just an honor to talk to you. I listen to your show all the time. And I don't mean just once, twice... Um, three, four, five, um, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen times, or seventeen, or eight. Okay, let's get on with it. Or nineteen, or twelve. Let's get on with it. I mean, I listen to it all the time. Okay, that's excellent. Uh, we do have other callers to get to. So let's get talking to you and let's see how we can get your life on track, okay? Oh, that sounds real fun, Dr. Debbie. (laughs) Okay, let's jump into it right here. And why don't you tell us what's going on in your life? How can Dr. Debbie help you? Well, Dr. Debbie, I'm a little embarrassed. That's okay. That's why we're here. Well, I went to see my doctor. Yes, okay, child. And, um, um, I I don't mean to choke up Dr. Debbie. It's Dr. Debbie, child, not doctor. I'm sorry, I'm just so nervous I called you doctor instead of doctor. And I'm correcting you, child. It's Dr. Debbie Thimer. Okay, Dr. Debbie. I um, mean, what happened is I went to see my doctor. Yes, we've established that. That's, um... Uh, oh, God. It's okay. Power through it, my child. Well, I think he touched me inappropriately. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me just say right out of the gate that this has been an international, if not a global problem where doctors do take advantage of... Their patients, Uh, they are entrusted to their patients, and in the closed quarters where personal examinations do take place, uh, many doctors inappropriately will touch their patients, and again, this is very sad, will touch their patients where they shouldn't. Exactly Doctor Debbie and I think that's what happened in my scenario. I'm sorry. This is what happened in my scenario. Uh what exactly is a scenario, child? A scenario is when um something happens or unfolds and it's like a scene. You know, like it's a series of events that create a scene and become a scenario. Okay, I think you mean scenario. Yes, that's it. Scenario. Scenario, child. Scenario, yes. Huh? I said it wrong, Dr. Deborah. <laughs> okay, don't call me Deborah. That's what my stepfather called me. Call me Dr. Debbie. Yes, Dr. Debbie, so it's a scenario. Scenario, you fuck it. That's scenario. Okay, a scenario. And what happened is, um, he asked me to disrobe. Okay. And he asked me to, um, get up on the table, and I was completely naked, Dr. Debbie. Oh, my goodness. That is. Sounds like a little inappropriate. Yes, I was very uncomfortable, and not to mention I was chilly, and my bottom was, they say in science journals, my buttocks. Yes, your buttocks. They were very cold when I sat upon the cold leather of the doctor's table, Dr. Debbie. Well, there's nothing we can do about that, child. We... We usually have an air-conditioned environment. I understand, Dr. Debbie. Air-conditioning means cold. Okay, are you a fucking idiot? I'm sorry? Okay, why don't you continue your story? You were naked. You were on the doctor's examining table. Yes, Dr. Debbie. And then he asked me to spread my wings. Pardon me? He asked me to spread my my wings. What do you mean your wings, child? My legs, but I was thinking of Rod Stewart's song, Tonight's the Night, and he has a line where he goes, spread your wings and let me come inside. Do you want me to sing it, Doctor Debbie? No, I don't want you to sing it. Maybe I should, just so you know where I'm coming from? Uh Uh No. I told you I don't want you to sing it, so don't sing it. So spread your wings and let me come inside, cause tonight's the night. It's gonna be alright, Dr. Debbie Timer. Alright, stop your fucking singing. Get to your fucking story, you dumbass fucktard. I'm sorry? So am I. Finish your story. You're laying on your bed. (laughs) You're laying on the doctor's table with your wings, your legs open. You said wings, Dr. Debbie. I meant legs, child. Okay, my legs are wide open and you can see my axe wound. I'm sorry? My axe wound, Dr. Debbie. What in the name of son of Christ is an axe wound? I think you call it a vagina. It's pronounced vagina. My vagina was open, but when I used to go to summer camp, we called it an axe wound. Is that wrong? (laughs) Stop the goddamn laughing and stop the fucking retarded phrases. And then, Dr. Debbie, my doctor inserted his fingers into my vagina hole. I'm sorry? He stuffed two of his fingers in my vagina, and he held it open, and then he stuck another finger in from his other hand. Okay, this is a direct violation. This is a breach of doctor-patient trust. We need to get your doctor's name, his address. He is forbidden to touch you there, child. I am terribly sorry you went through this horrific ordeal. This is a criminal act. This doctor should have his license stripped, and he should do jail time. I agree, Dr. Debbie. I couldn't agree more. And he kept putting his fingers up there, and he was looking up there with a flashlight. Oh, my God. Give me the name of your doctor's uh, office, please. Yes, his name's Dr. Stanley Ortiz. Stanley Ortiz. And um, he is a practiced gynecologist... Okay, a practice guy- I'm sorry, a what? He's a practice go gy- gyne- gy- Gynecologist. Are you telling me you were at your gynecologist, child? Yes, Dr. Debbie, it was horrible. He put his fingers right in it. Right in my Christmas pudding. Ah, <laughs> Stop fucking laughing. You fucking idiot. You were at your gynecologist. Yes, that's what I said. Gynecologists, my child, examine women's anatomy. He has every legal right to look up into your vagina. That's what gynecologists do. Oh, so he was supposed to be sticking his fingers up my Christmas pudding pop? It's not a Christmas pudding pop. My honey bee honey nest hole? It's called a vagina. I know, but it's still in the locker rooms. We call it Batman's Cave of Crumple Cake. Okay, you know what? Hang the fuck up. You are an idiot. It sounds like you banged your head over and over in a tool shed door. You were at your goddamn gynecologist. He was giving you an exam. And you... I know, it was scary. Okay, hang up on this idiot. Hang up! Dr. Debbie! Stop laughing. Hang up. Dr. Debbie, wait till I tell you about what happened when I went to see my anus doctor. Hang up. It's called a proctologist. Hang the fuck up. Dr. Debbie! Hang up! Hang up! Hang up! (laughs) What the hell was that? Unbelievable, idiotic mental case. What is this? I said hang up on her. No, don't pick it up. She's gone. I'm Dr. Debbie Timer. And not, no, don't let her back. I'm Dr. Debbie Timer. And I am your life coach. What the hell was that? What in the name of living
0: hell? Wow. I wouldn't want to be Dr. Debbie. I'll tell you that. Ugh. Would not want to be her. Poor lady. The dumbasses she has to deal with. I'm glad I do this podcast and don't have to, to do deal with what she has to deal with. Um three of four. Um here's an old saying. Um have you heard this one? Um, uh, my eyes are up here. Hello? Um and have you ever noticed the women that say my eyes are up here are always the women wearing the most provocative shirt or sweater or lack thereof. Right? It's it's the woman with the with the big boobs, it's the woman with the uh the buttons undone right down the cleavage, it's it's the woman with the uh the semi see through bra with the nipples popping through. It's the woman where the breasts are practically smacking you in the face most of the time. Not always, but, you know, let's face it, ladies. If, you, if you're well-endowed, if you have big breasts and you're wailing, wearing something tight or revealing, it's very hard not to look at them. It, it, it's part of your features. It's part of your physical features, and I'm sorry, but men are wired to look at those, okay? That's that's like a primal, primitive thing. If it wasn't for us being drawn to your your parts that we perceive as sexual, there would be no reproduction, there'd be no mating, there'd be no no mating rituals, there'd be no courting, there'd be no flirting, there'd be no nothing. Would you rather guys just walk up to you and actually look at you in the eyes? You put on a tight midriff, maybe you dump some, some water on it so it's like a see-through t-shirt, wet t-shirt contest thing, right? Maybe your buttons are open. Would you rather we just walk up and look you right in the eye? Hey, how you doing, Cindy?
1: Um, I'm
0: doing good. Um, Whoops, my button popped. Well, I wouldn't know. I'm looking you right in the eye, man. Yeah. Great eyes. Great eyes, by the way. Yeah. Are they crossed, or were you born that way? Um. So who do you blame? Do you blame the guy for, for looking at, at these protrusions on a woman? Or, uh, you know, or do you blame the woman for uh, accentuating the protrusions? Or am I talking about, or should I be talking about just like daily interaction with people where there is no provocative dress wear it's just a woman maybe in an office environment she's got a semi-normal piece of clothing on and she's just wandering around doing her thing and the male boy or one of her uh, co-workers is staring at her breasts even though they're not popping maybe they're just there under the fabric they're not uh, necessarily like oh guy, you know but yet they've caught the attention of a, a male person in the vicinity. So is that a bad thing? Is that a violation? I don't know. I guess if if someone's standing there drooling, right? And as the woman's talking, he's just like in a, a hypnotic daze, drool coming out of his mouth, and she's like, yeah, so anyways, I finished those reports, Dave, and he's just like, uh. <laughs> Dave? So I don't know. Who who's right, who's wrong here? Would would women be upset if we stopped looking at their breasts? I mean, I, I think if, if we if men all together were like too scared to do it because of, you know, all the flack we get, or it was it was such a, a uh, you know, social faux pas that men just ruled it out entirely. I guarantee you, ladies would be like, ladies would be ripping their tops off and drawing, you know, targets on their breasts with lipstick. You ever seen the, the logo for Target stores? Women would be drawing that around their nipples, like rings of red. Here's my breasts! Would somebody of the male persuasion please just look at my breasts?! Because as much as we're wired to look at them, ladies, I'm afraid that you women are wired. It's part of nature. It's part of how you are put together that you you need to breed as much as we do. And so whether you like it or not, you probably stick them out there going, Oh, I hope all the men look at these. Oh, I want the men to look and notice my curves and my humps and my lady lumps. So it becomes a delicate game of give and take and what people's intentions are. Obviously, if you got a dumbass standing there drooling and trying to catch a picture with his cell phone or something, all right, that's that's like a pervert. But ladies, if you catch a dude just having a glance or somehow he's caught in the middle of looking at him and you catch him, you know, maybe cut him a little slack unless it becomes a problem or it's reoccurring or... You know, from our point of view, ladies, maybe even take it as a compliment. You know, it's it's like we're looking at you because we think you're hot. We're looking at your breasts because we think they're beautiful, they're enjoyable, they're sexy. Is that bad? I don't know. That can't be bad, you know. I got to say, if a few ladies, as I was walking down the hallway, said, hey, Harlan, nice butt. I'd kind of blush a little and in the back of my head I'd be, hey man, I got it going on. <laughs> Woo, I got I got me some comb beef, player. I got me some fresh comb beef. Everybody love a little fresh comb beef. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Um and speaking of which, you know, there should be a couple of people that can say my eyes are up here. Okay? There should be two two groups of living organisms that can say it, okay? One should be a cyclops, but a cyclops should just say, keep it singular, not pluralize it. It should should be like, oh, my eye is up here. Hello? Hello, dudes, uh, like my eye is up here, okay? And then the, uh, the other group of human females that should be allowed to say it are the women that wear these burkas. Have you seen the Afghani women with the full body burqa? and all they've got is a little slit for their eyes? It looks like a male slot or it looks like looks like Iron Man with those little square eyes. That's all you can see is their eyes. So they should definitely be able, no matter what you're looking at, you can be looking at their feet, their elbow, their kneecap. You don't know because they're rolled up in that burka sleeping bag. They should be able to go, uh, excuse me, my eyes are up here. Yes, yes, right here in this little slot. My eyes are up here. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, hello, my eyes are up here, please. And if you'd like to post a letter, just stick it in my burka. Just stuff it in the slot and I will take it to the post office. Thank you. Just don't cover my eyes because then I wouldn't be able to see how to get to the post office. But my eyes are up here. So there you go. That, that's my thats my argument, I guess. <laughs> there you go. I did it. I laid it all out. Um, and that brings us right to the end of the show. Holy Cracker Barrel cheese. Well, let's get to some announcements. Uh, I got to tell you about this. The, uh, the Harland Highway is now being played from a brand new location. It's called All Things Comedy, okay? This is a brand new uh, podcast channel. Uh, you can check it out on the internet, allthingscomedy.com. And uh, it is a podcast community of a bunch of uh, comedians Myself, Al Magigal, Bill Burr, Aisha Tyler, people like that, and we're very proud to be part of this and be represented on uh, this new uh, network. And uh, it's a network where you're going to start to be able to see all kinds of comedy stuff. You're going to be able to see our videos and hear our podcasts, and we're going to share our fans around. and uh, It's it's going to be great. So check it out. All things comedy. It just launched on uh, Monday, uh, like three days ago, and uh, here we go. It's a whole new, uh, whole new, uh, you know, venture here for the Harland Highway. I've been, I've been flying solo for three years. It's not going to change what I do. It's not going to alter it. It's just going to uh, offer more, uh, you know, side perks. It's going to offer you exposure to other funny people. Uh, it's going to give you a place to go where there's a lot more going on, and uh, and there you go. So uh, check it out, All Things Comedy, and that's uh, the, the new home for the Harland Highway, and I'm excited about it, man, so I uh, hope you guys are. Don't forget my new app is available at harlandapp.com. It's a free app for your uh, cell phone, all kinds of fun. And uh, go on in there and get some Dr. Debbie uh, ringtones. You can get Cinnamon Boy. You can get Dr. Ascot. Everyone's in there. Koala noises, whatever you want, man. There's little camera games and video games you can play. Uh, So please uh, hop onto the Harland app uh, for your cell phone at harlandapp.com or go to iTunes. Check it out. Um, check out the uh, the webpage, harlowwilliams.com. We have a store in there where you can uh, buy some hilarious merchandise. And you can also interact with me. Yours truly, you can write me at harlowwilliams.com. Or if you want to leave a phone message, always love to hear from the Pavement Pounders. 323-739-4330. 323-739-4330. And uh, a lot of other cool announcements coming up. I have been holding this back, but uh, my new comedy special is in the can. Uh, It is coming out January 15th in 2013. I'm telling you, gang, it's unlike any stand-up special you've ever seen. I promise you. It It is... it is so different from anything you've ever seen, which I'm excited about. I'm a little scared about because uh, whenever you do something different, you're like, do people accept it or do they reject it? Well, I am i don't care. I take, As you know, I take a lot of chances, and uh, my new comedy special, Harlan Williams, A Force of Nature, will be coming out uh, January uh, 15th next year, and we're going to start rolling out some sneak peeks and some photos and stuff like that in the days to come. You'll probably start to see them show up on all things comedy. Oh, I'm so excited. And uh, and all kinds of stuff. Um, so there you go, gang. Uh, that's it. Thank you for being here. We will catch you next time. Uh, and please, uh, until then, watch out for space shuttles in your neighborhood. Watch out for your gynecologist and just remember my chick my great big bowl of chicken chow mein is up here